lions, and I have learned to live in a different way. Thank you for joining us for another podcast in a different way. Today, our special guest is Joan Lyons, who is here with us to give us some insight and strategies on how she coped with child loss. What is your occupation and how long um, were you within your industry? Well, I have always been pretty much a county employee. I had started out with Miami-Dade County. I was with the recorder's office. Then after that, I went over to the commissioner's office. Then after that, I went to the police department. Then after that, I went to juvenile. And after juvenile, I went to the fire department. I had a great tenure. I had upward mobility. And that was my employment. So suffice it to say you were in a government, nonprofits. Yes. Okay. Um, would you like to tell us um, any other information about yourself, your family status, um, and even if you've had it, your religious beliefs? Well, I am a true Baptist. Mm-hmm. I am a person who believes in God. I don't care what denomination you are. As long as you believe in God, I just feel it's not really a unique denomination. And my status in life, I am a mother. Mm-hmm. I am a professional. I am a entrepreneur. I am a business owner. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fun person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So moving right along, can you tell us, um, give us some information about your, your child that transitioned? What was your child's name? I don't want to reveal the sex. I would rather for you to um, give us some information about her and um, what happened and how she transitioned. Well, I was a young mother when I had my daughter. My daughter, her name is Tempest Jasma Michelle Nicole Gillis-Lyons. Wow. Yes. She <laughs> was my, my firstborn, my baby. I had her when I was in high school. Okay. And while I was, I used to say I was a young mom. Mm-hmm. And... I wanted to be the best mom that I can be because at that time I was a young mom. Mm -hmm. So I had already made an adult decision. So I wanted to live out my adult responsibilities. And well, I lost my daughter in a tragic car accident. She didn't make it out of the accident, but I did. Wow. And it happened June 10th, 1992. She was two years old at the time. And they pronounced her deceased June 11th, 1992. Me being a responsible person, I would not say I was reckless when I had my daughter at a very, very young age. But I felt as being a young parent, I had to do better and I had to prove to myself 
since I made this decision, I had to prove to myself that I will be a responsible parent. I was still in high school. Mm-hmm. I went to Cope Center North. I graduated with honors. And after that, well, while I was there, the um, administration saw so much potential in me. They invested in me. They had given me a role model. Mm-hmm. My role model was Peggy Lewis from Channel 10 News. He was the one who pretty much cared for me. Okay. And having that, me being the person that I was, I used to go to the school board meetings with Dr. Bill Perry, mm-hmm. which who's deceased now. I was like his daughter. So I used to go, I'm in high school, had a baby, but I would go with him and Dr. Hollis to the school board meetings with them. I would, they were just like, come on, John, we're going down to the meetings. They taught me responsibility. And then from that, after I um, graduated, I graduated with honors. After I graduated, they hired me at the school. Okay, so, so this is how you started in government? Yes. Okay, I got you. Okay. So I've been there. I, I started when I was young, young. I was working part-time while I was in high school. Okay. And then I transitioned after I um, graduated. Okay. All right. So your daughter, Tempest, can you tell us? What actually happened? You, you, you mentioned that um, she was pronounced dead a, a day after the accident. Yes. So it was a car accident. Yes, it was a car accident. What happened is that I was on my way. Well, that day I went to Northside when mm-hmm. they used to call it Northside. I went to the beauty supply store to pick up some things. I was driving mm-hmm. and, you know, I I wanted to be with her a little bit before I went to school because I was do I was in dual enrollment college. Mm-hmm. I was a college student in high school. They had just implemented dual enrollment. Okay. And you know, my like my dad told me, he said, Hey, I don't care. You have a baby, you're still gonna get your education, you're still gonna graduate, you're gonna still do what you're supposed to do, you're gonna still go to college. That's with even with my um mentor, Peggy Lewis, and then with that, I had so many mentors was coming at me, so I had no choice. Right. So you had but a support system. I had a heck of a support system. When I said I had a support system, it was like, she's going to school. She's going to do what she has to do. She's going to be all right. She just, you know, just made that little mistake, but which wasn't a mistake, but, I, you know, and I was going to be honorable about it. So me spending time with her and I was coming home to bring my daughter back home to my mom and my dad so I can go over to Miami Dade College because I was actually at, I was enrolled at Miami Dade College. Mm -hmm. And it was a car turning on 95th Street. You know, most of the time, they always tell you that most accidents occurs within not too far from the home. home. Right, right. And which is true. It's usually like a one to five mile radius from your house. Yes. Yeah. And the young man, he was parked behind a car and I had the right of way to turn and he T-boned me mm-hmm. and he T-boned when he rammed up his engine to come around the car he T-boned me and we went, it went haywire in a, a you know a wedge of glass from the windshield went through my daughter's head oh wow she was coherent on the scene but 
she was not there and they did all what they could to try to work on her right and they tried to you know revive her when they got her to the hospital but when they were working on her they did all this new role and everything you know at the time my mom she was working at Jackson all of the best when I got in my accident half of my everyday police department was there they rushed to the scene my sister was a firefighter at that time and when so just to clarify when when you spoke of jackson you meant jackson hospital yes jackson memorial hospital right right jackson memorial hospital that was before trauma Mm -hmm. before the trauma center was built because it was 1992 and person who's running for commissioner now william dc clark was the driver who was driving us to the hospital wow and he snatched me up threw me in a truck the other um the rescue they was trying to keep my daughter alive they was holding on to her and the um they were banging on the um rescue window tell him clock slow down slow down we trying to work on her we trying to work on her. he was like nah we got to get her there got to get her there but the police department miami Day police department they were incredible. They had trauma sur- surgeons waiting on us okay. when they um had my when they took my daughter out of rescue. They stayed with me the whole time, and um, she she didn't survive. And they were like, if she did survive, she would have been in a bad state. Okay, because of so, the of the actual trauma to the head. But okay. the ironic the ironic situation about that was the day before. I had my car accident. My daughter was in my mother's rose garden playing mm-hmm. with doves. Mm. She was actually playing with doves with my dad. My dad and my daughter was in the rose garden playing with doves. And then the most strange about that when my mom came home my daughter heard my mom's car pull up and turn off the engine she was yelling grandma grandma she was yelling so i was like what is she why is she yelling so my mama left her pocketbook in the car Mm -hmm. because my daughter was just yelling and screaming her name i said i guess she's just so happy to see my mama she said my mama said well what's what is it baby because you know my daughter was my my daughter was the, the neighborhood baby. Everybody knew my daughter Timbers. They say, "Hey T, hey Twig." She'll stand to the front door. People pass by. Hey Twig, hey Twig. And my mom, she was just yelling, "Mama!" She said, "Grandma, Grandma." And my mom came in. She said, "What is it?" She said, "I went to Jerusalem today to play." Interesting. She actually told my mom. She went to Jerusalem to go play. Interesting. My mom was like, Jerusalem? I said, Mom, she don't know what she's talking about. I said, we're going to run up here to the north side. I already got stuff on for her dinner, but I'm going to run up here to the north side. I'm going to bring her back before I go to school. My dad was like, all right now, don't be cutting it close because, you know, you got to get your hips in school. Right. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I had plenty of time, but, you know, my dad was like, don't just run, you know, close. But that day, 
that's what had happened. So let me ask this question. Um, what did you learn from this experience? What did you learn from the death, death of Tempest? What I learned from the death of my daughter is that God don't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And all the events that led up to that day, God sent messages to me to let me know my daughter's going to be okay. Yes. But the only person I had to really worry about was my father. Mm-hmm. Because my daughter was my father's only grand, real grandchild. Mm-hmm. So my daughter was his highlight of his life. He lived. And when my, do- when my daughter was killed, my dad started being a chain smoker. He smoked, 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 smoked. That's how his way is coping. But I learned how to deal and cope with it because I know that God will give my daughter. I, I, I trusted more on my faith. I leaned more on my faith. And I knew that everything that he put together, whatever thing was in place, it was not because I was a church young lady. Right. It was not that. It was just something God was developing in me. Right. And it's some other things that had happened some things that was going on that was coming. Like Mm -hmm. I had a friend who was a professional boxer. He was warning me. He said, I just want to tell you something and I don't want you to get scared. He said, something's getting ready to happen. He said, you getting ready to cry a river. It was just so many spiritual things that was taking place. And a lot of things that was, you know, just popping up out of nowhere. But it kind of comforted me mm-hmm. and it gave me peace. Mm-hmm. I could I could understand um, the comfort and peace in which you speak about. And I think others can understand as well, too. My next question would be, um, what strategies did you use to cope or to, to start your healing process? I didn't use the right strategy at first because I used to say to myself, my daughter is gone. She's going off to summer camp. Mm-hmm. One day she'll be back. You used to That's really what I used to tell myself. So, so would you consider yourself being that being in denial at that time or? At that time, yeah. I was trying to find me- coping mechanism yeah. because I was grieving for my dad mm-hmm. and myself. Mm-hmm. So I had to find something for me to cope with so I can help my dad get through this. Mm-hmm. It was like, my dad lost a child instead of me losing a child. Mm-hmm. My dad rode around with my daughter's car seat for a whole year. Wow. My dad rode around with my daughter's toys in the back of his truck. Mm-hmm. And nobody could not touch my daughter's toys. Or move them, right. Because my daughter was his life. Mm-hmm. So one day... What helped me with my dad, a minister came over, Mr. TJ. Mm-hmm. He came over. He said he wanted to talk to my dad. He was like, John, you don't have to get these baby kids, this baby toys at this car, at your truck. You want to do something about that. We, you got all this stuff in your um shed. When my dad was dying, he mm-hmm. gave me my daughter bracelets and jewelry. I mean, a big bag of jewelry that my dad had for my daughter. Mm-hmm. He started releasing it. So when the minister spoke to my dad, my dad started releasing stuff. I said, daddy, I think it's time. I think it's time. I said, because you're going to be stuck and I'm going to be stuck. Right. And for us to move on and move forward, 
So he was like, if you okay, I'm okay. He said, I just didn't want to move too fast. But the funny part about that, the week of we were preparing for my daughter's funeral, um, Core Gables Fire Department, my sister, Grand Hope and all of them, they came in, packed up all my daughter's clothes and shoes for me the same week. You know, it's a lot of things. You have to just take your time little bit by little bit. Just don't jump in with two feet and just say, okay, give away, give away. You got to let yourself gradually get there. Right. And you have to find a coping mechanism because if you don't, you'll lose your mind. You'll absolutely go crazy. So let me let me go back because um, I should have asked this before we talked about the strategies you use to, um, to, to start your healing process. Um, when, when Tempest passed away, did you have, you had a service? Did you have like a funeral service? Do you have a, yes, um, it was one. We had a huge funeral. Okay. It was one of the largest funerals and people were complaining because they had to walk a block just to just get to the church, right? Get to the church. Right. So I had a huge, huge funeral, but I had help with that. Right. But I did it. I did my daughter's funeral. I put everything together. You know, the collages that they make now. Mm -hmm. I was the first person who ever made the collage. Okay. And I wanted that memory to say goodbye to her. Right. Because it was so short. Mm -hmm. When I say it was so short, it was just so short. Two years. Uh yeah, and I was going to ask that question. So she was two years old. Mm -hmm. um, so here it is, your young mother, she's two, you're planning a service. And now it's time to move on to healing. Um, even in planning your service. Um, and the only reason I'm asking is because some some readers, um, I, I in in my in my um, my session, I talked about how I could not go to a burial site. I could, I just couldn't. Um, I didn't have the strength to even go through that. And so I wanted other listeners to hear about the, the, um, the options and not feel bad because right. remember in the Baptist religion, you don't, you don't consider, uh, cremation. That's not cremation exactly. is not even a topic, you know, That's, you know, no. in that religious setting, that's not even a topic, but for me, like, this is, this is me. This is what exactly. I'm doing for me. I don't have nothing to do with no religion. This is for me, my sanity and my comfort. And so I, I wanted, I wanted the listeners to understand that, you know, you have to be able to stray and, and, and lead and, and do what is comfortable for you as it relates to your grieving and your healing and moving forward. Um, but my next question is, um, what advice would you give others going through this experience and do you have any regrets? I don't because if I have regrets, guess what? Mm -hmm. I will be stuck. I will be part, I will be a parked car and mm -hmm. grief. Mm -hmm. I would not be able to have a full life mm -hmm. and God do not want me to be in grief. Forever, right. Exactly. You can grieve and let God work with you and massage your heart, massage your pain. And what I would tell anybody, you have to 
understand life. Life is alpha and life is omega. <laughs> and guess what? He giveth, he taketh. So I feel he took it. She was a baby. She was an angel. And guess what? He gave me a lot of signs along the way to mm -hmm. say, she's with me. Mm -hmm. Play with doves. She told my mom the same day I was, I went to Jerusalem. I was playing. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess me, and I guess my upbringing, I'm a tough cookie. Mm -hmm. I'm a toughy, toughy. I have a little boy in me, but I'm girly girl. You know, I'm tough. And I guess my upbringing is that, don't get me wrong, I cry, I booby cry, I'm a big baby. I'm a, I'm, I can be a sponge. I can be a water bucket. Mm -hmm. I I go up on a pop pop, I go up on a big daddy, I'm like, Ooh. I do cry. So I don't want nobody to ever think that I don't cry and that I never break down. You know, I, I do. I broke down with my grandmother. I broke down with my father. I broke down me, even mm -hmm. life. I even had a nervous breakdown. So at the end of the day, I just know if you with the right people at the right time, it makes a big difference. And I know everybody don't have the support system that I have. Right. Everybody don't have the upbringing that I had. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's like you got to know where your source and how to tap into your source. Mm -hmm. And you got to have people like Big Daddy, Buddy. I was sick. He was there. Mm -hmm. When I couldn't move, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't even find myself, he was there. You got to, It's just those support system, the right people. Mm -hmm. You got to have the right people. And it comes to the quality of a person that you are. Because if you know the quality of the person that you are, things will be a little bit easy. Yes, they will. If you are a person who is negative, stuff will be negative. Mm -hmm. If you're a person who is uplifting, a person who's positive, always want the best for others, because I'm a firm believer, if you plant bad seeds, anger seeds, hurtful seeds, deceitful seeds, mm -hmm. you're gonna reap them. Mm -hmm. You're gonna reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's about the person, the person and the individual and your upbringing. Right. It's, you know, it's a combo. Right, okay. Well, I thank you um, so much. Um, I'm not sure if you have anything else you would like for the listeners, any other additional information, um, which may include like, how do you celebrate or commemorate Tempest life? Um, what do you do on a uh, yearly basis, whether it's her birthday or? Um... My daughter, she was born January 2nd, which is the new year. Mm -hmm. I was in labor. I almost died with my daughter, her and I. She mm -hmm. was, I was pre-eclampsia and they had to do emergency C-section. Wow. She, her heart was decelerating, my heart, everything, everything, you know, it was, it was a rough time. 
but I I always think about her. I just don't celebrate her birthday. I don't just celebrate her death. It's an everyday. Mm-hmm. And, and I know her spirit is here. Her body's not there. Right. You know how some people just want to go to the graveyard and put all these balloons. My daughter's not there. Right. It's just a spot in a plot. Mm-hmm. So I celebrate her all the time. Okay. Without ceasing. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ms. Joan Lyons. I really, truly appreciate it. And this will conclude our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. According to the CDC, the leading cause of death in children ages one through four include accidents, which are unintentional injuries, congenital malformations, deformations, and chromosome abnormalities. And then last, finally, assault, which also includes homicide. The leading cause of death for children ages five through nine include accidents, unintentional injuries. Number two is cancer. And then number three is congenital malformations, deformations, and chromosome abnormalities. And then for children ages 10 through 14, the leading cause of death um, includes accidents, which is also unintentional injuries. Number two is intentional self-harm, which is suicide. And then the third leading cause of death is cancer. These statistics, are as recent as um, 2022, February 2022. And the mortality rate of children ages one through four, um, the total number of deaths is 3,529 and deaths per 100,000 in population is 22.7. And children ages five through 14, the number of deaths actually increased to 5,623 and deaths per population of 100,000 is 13.7. Here at Living in a Different Way, we thank you all for tuning in and we hope that you've enjoyed the podcast so far and that if you have any questions or comments or any ideas that you would like to see on any upcoming podcasts, please feel free to email us at tamika at livinginadifferentway.com. Thank you so much and be blessed.